Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode may contain explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, October 26th, the I'm sorry edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven, and we live in Tokyo, Japan. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Hey, I'm Ophira Eisenberg. I'm a stand-up comic, and I host the podcast Parenting is a Joke. I have a son named Lucas, who is seven. I live in Brooklyn. Ophira, we're so excited to have you back. Thank you. Oh my goodness, so great to be here. Nice to see you both. We're an all-moms edition today, so... <laughs> so get ready, everybody. Get ready. <laughs> well, today on the show, our letter writer can't get her child to stop apologizing for basically everything. We're going to help her figure out what sorry really means and when it's okay to not be sorry. And then, if you're in the Slate Plus Club, we're going to do a round of mom hot takes. We put Ophira in the hot seat gave her some rapid fire mom topics and we'll see what she has to say on some of parenting's most controversial topics. Here's a quick sneak peek of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. Okay, first of all, there's nothing in my life I have done that has been more controversial than every single parenting decision I have made. <laughs> but uh, okay, toddler leashes, of course, I'm going to say I think something obvious when I was without a child in my life. I was like, that is terrible. What a, what a, how dare you treat your, your human child like a dog? And uh, now, you know, depending on your kid, it's not for every kid, but depending on your kid, you are helping everyone. Anytime I see someone with that, I, I think to myself, for them, it has come to this. <laughs> and they found a solution. <laughs> By becoming a Slate Plus member, you'll enjoy a weekly bonus segment and all of your beloved Slate podcasts without any advertisements. It's the ultimate way to enhance your listening experience while also providing vital support to the show. You can join Slate Plus today by visiting slate.com slash mom and dad plus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this short break. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, 
climate change and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back. Ophira, do you want to kick us off by sharing something from your week in parenting? Sure. So my um, my son is really into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah, yes. Nice. And he wanted a toy. He wanted a toy. And so we were, we're trying to work on this, um, do some chores around the house, and then you can have something. So I basically said... My husband as well. I'm not going to make it all me. But we said, okay, if you get up in the morning, make your bed, uh, put on your clothes, and um, set the table for a week, you can get this figure. And let me tell you, day one, I he was done. He woke up. I woke up. It was all done. It was incredible. I was just like, oh, I'm a genius. And then day two, it happened. And then day three, it happened. And then day four, the bed wasn't made. But the clothes were on, mm. and the table was set. <laughs> and then um, he did it to the end. He got the figure. He got, I mean, seven days. He got the figure. And then I was like, great, what do you want next? And we'll do it again. And he was like, no, I'm good. So, <laughs> so with all work has ceased. My worker is on strike, I guess. Uh, and so it was, I had a brief moment of like, oh, this incentive-based chore thing is going to change our lives. But uh, I, I didn't really think past the seven days <laughs> fail. <laughs> Not quite the motivation uh, you're looking for. But there was a moment where I thought everything was going to turn around in our lives. <laughs> you almost had it all. Almost. <laughs> I, I love that because I love to think sometimes about what if they treated, like if this behavior continued as an adult, you know, like what am I actually seeing here? The idea of like go to work, he'd like earn what he needed and then he's just like, Peace out. Exactly. <laughs> this was good. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Can eat for another week. I'm good. Amazing, right? Yeah. Reach my ceiling. I felt no sense of accomplishment from the things that I did. I, I knew what it was for, and that's it. I know. So I, I got to work on the philosophy behind that one. <laughs> I love that. Jamila, how about you? Um, I fail resulted in me being late for the recording this morning so that happened um so Naeem is playing volleyball now which I've mentioned oh shout out to one of our listeners I don't know their name but somebody wrote into Karen feeding um I'm one of the Karen feeding columnists and they wrote so did Naima ever go to that volleyball practice I've been listening for weeks wondering so thank you for following up um yes she's been playing volleyball and she's loving it so far and um, they have practices on Monday nights from 6.15 to 7.15. So it usually takes us until about 7.30 to, you know, get completely out of there. Like there's always something to do. Last night they were handing out uniforms um, and forms for picture day because school picture day is not enough. There's also sports picture day. I did not know oh this was gosh. a thing. You can so order many. trading cards. She was like, yeah, I want it with my statistics on. I'm like, what statistics? You've never played in a game. You have, like, what? You just started. What are volleyball statistics even anyway? Like, how do you put that on the back of a sports card? Anyway, um, so we get in last night. It's late. I made, I roasted it. I made, I baked the chicken earlier in the day, and it was still bloody. 
when I went to serve it. So I had to heat the chicken up and the chicken took forever. So we're eating like 8.45, like it's late, you know? And Naima puts on a movie. And then after the movie went off, um, we put on Golden Bachelor. So I was late mm-hmm. today because Naima couldn't wake up. She was tired, you know? She usually gets up at six. I let her sleep till 6.30, it took me 20 minutes to get her up. She kept saying, mommy, I can't, mommy, I can't. And the reason she's as tired as she is is because I let her stay up to watch The Golden Bachelor. (laughs) But in the moment when you stayed up, was it good bonding? (laughs) It was good bonding. And we love Golden Bachelor. Have you seen it? It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I've watched any of The Bachelor iterations and my friend said, listen, I understand. Watch this one. Yes. And... I was hooked within 50, literally 15 seconds. Immediately. I've never seen an episode of The Bachelor or Bachelorette. It's been on for 20 years. But as soon as I knew they were doing old people, I was like, I the am greatest. in. And it is worth it. Yep. Okay. I'm going to give it a try. This, you, I mean, you'll, how can I will resist not regret this sales pitch? You I will know. not. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and it's like good family viewing. You're right. Yeah, except for the fact that he like makes out with all the women. Well, you know, you know it's, you, there's a teaching moment in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, what about you? What's going on this week? Okay, well, I was off last week and you guys answered a question about traveling with three alone. And meanwhile, due to, I don't know, poor planning, just being the way the new camps travel. I was traveling alone with three children to Taiwan because somehow due to, I guess just chaos, I don't know. Jeff and I were on separate flights. I was on a flight with the three kids. Jeff, my husband, was on a different flight out of different airports from Tokyo into different airports in Taiwan. I do not advise this because one, they're rather suspicious when you bring kids without your the other person on the birth certificate to like another country I had all the paperwork and it was like okay getting there and then we had a lovely trip we drove around Taiwan which is Sign up. wait Elizabeth beautiful. I'm sorry yeah. what paperwork do you travel with for your kids I well one okay Jamila you know that I'm insane and think that everything bad is going to happen to me so do know <laughs> that I know that this is insane I have a copy of Jeff's passport. I have Mm -hmm. a um, notarized like form that says like he knows that I'm traveling with the kids and that I'm Mm -hmm. taking them out of the country. I have a copy of my return (laughs) flight. And then I have a power of attorney (laughs) from him saying that I can make all the decisions. Oh, my. um, Without him. You're amazing. I'm so convinced that something is going to happen. Now, nothing has ever happened. And and. Um, I don't know if it's because when I appear at security, I'm just like handing them all this paperwork. <laughs> like, I think they're just like, whatever this lady is doing. <laughs> like, relax. Yeah. And the kids are never well behaved in the line because I'm panicked. And when I'm panicked, they're a mess. So, yeah. So I have all this. I, I travel with all of this, like, just in case. And I just, like, hand it to the person. Um, in Europe, we traveled a lot in Europe and it was, I had babies. And so it was a little bit more, they were like, where are you taking this baby? Like why? Um, I do think there they asked for the forms, but I mean, here I have like three (laughs) boys who could all identify me who would want to take them. I don't know, but, um, (laughs) it, it is kind of chaotic. So we, we had this wonderful 
trip in Taiwan, which, by the way, I knew nothing about because we are just taught nothing about Asia, at least I was. So um, this wonderful, very educational trip. We booked flights back to Japan, though, at like six. I think the flight was at six in the morning. We had to get to these different airports. I, I mean, listen, I'm carrying all this paperwork. I like read all over the Internet what time I needed to be at the airport. And it said I had to be there two and a half hours before my flight. We were not checking bags. We were like just doing the roll aboard. The kids can all now pull their own suitcase, which is like amazing. So I get there two and a half hours early, which means getting the kids up at like four in the morning. Jeff had already left because he was going to a different airport. They are all pissed when I wake them up, like 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 yelling at the their only response was like, why would you have booked this flight? They're yelling at me. I'm trying to like get them to put their clothes on. Um, There is no food like available. So I I get us in an Uber, get to the airport. The airport is it's closed. It does not open until like five. And even when the gates open at five, the check in desk and security not open till six. For our 6.30 flight. So we are now sitting outside. They are pissed. There is nothing to eat. Uh, I only have one. I like changed back the money before we left. I just have like one <laughs> bill that is apparently too large to use in any kind of vending machine. Uh, when we finally get into the airport, <laughs> the only thing open, you guys, is a bar. And it is full oh, of no. men getting beer. <laughs> oh, and the no. only thing they will sell me are these Fiji, I'm holding up these tiny Fiji water bottles. That is the only water available. So I buy like six Fiji water bottles because if you can't feed your children, you just fill their stomachs with water. You're just like, good morning, <laughs> drink water. Uh, the only good news is that in Asia, they're still feeding you on all the flights. So even mm. on our two oh, and a nice. half hour flight, we got on the flight, we were served chicken and rice because that's what you want to eat at six in the morning. Um, but my uh-huh. kids ate it because they were starving. Uh, yeah, yeah. And we're back. We're fine. I was I was allowed back in the country. I was not my best self at any point in this. That is why I mean, while but I've also been not um, as extreme of a situation, but been to an airport for a very early morning flight and got there and we were literally standing in line waiting for TSA to open and just going like what? Someone should Why mention are you not open? <laughs> and then we got through and I had to go through uh, customs and that opens half an hour later. So then I, we were just standing in another line waiting yeah. for little gates to go up. And I was just like, this should be communicated. This is pretty easy. Yeah. I looked, I Googled and yep. you said two and a half hours early. You could have said, except for the 630 flight. I did the same thing, but just a U.S. Canada. And I was just floored. And it's not my I know. fault. No. <laughs> yep. But no uh, that sounds fail. brutal. Who booked this flight? Who booked these flights? My husband. Aha. Uh-huh. Somehow. Uh-huh. How? This how did the t- How did you guys end up on different flights? Huh? Yeah. Exactly. You with the kids and him all alone? How? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's at the other airport having a beer in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Living his and best then you life. Guys, he- he has the audacity to tell me that he was at the further away airport, both in Tokyo and in Taiwan. And I'm thinking, if you're by nope. yourself, it doesn't matter. No, nope. uh, it really doesn't. Zero. Great. You had an hour cab ride or whatever on your own. And then you had an hour train ride on your... Did you enjoy your book? Did you enjoy... Yeah. A, did you watch a movie on the flight? Or were you helping your children eat chicken and rice with chopsticks? 
at six after just getting you and your four. thoughts really that's what that's what i'm battling against just you and your thoughts for hours <sighs> i feel very validated right now <laughs> no problem i'm here for you well on that note we are going to take another quick break and then we will see you back here for our listener question This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance— Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. Let's hear our listener question, which you guys, I just empathize with so much. All right. Dear mom and dad, my daughter is nearly four years old. She says sorry for every little thing. I keep telling her that saying sorry is not always the right response, but it's of no use. Can you please help me get her to stop apologizing? Thanks. Sorry. I'm not sorry. This is not a problem. Continue. No. Uh, I mean, it's sort of, uh, since I am dealing with the opposite issue of just trying to uh, instill a sense of like, when you do this, you apologize and, you know, and it doesn't take anything away from you and it doesn't take anything. It's just a uh, a way of acknowledgement. So I feel like, oh, wow, what would it be like to go have the other extreme? I can see it's problematic. Also, I grew up in Canada you would not believe how many conversations are punctuated with the word sorry, warranted or not. I mean, there is a standard joke about how do you get a Canadian to say sorry, step on their foot. You know, so <laughs> it's just, uh, so I over sorry. I over sorry. And I think it's fine. Americans sometimes look at me weird. New Yorkers definitely say, actually, I've had, because I, I will over sorry. And then I'll, I'll say sorry like I'm sorry that happened to you. Yes. Someone will be like, oh, I was late for work. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And they will go, well, you had nothing to do with it. Which I'm always like, that's a weird response. <laughs> so, but I, then I also go, this is a, um, this is, a, she's describing a daughter. And if this daughter uh, ends up, you know, basically still identifying that way as a woman, you know, it, I too feel like I over sorry as a female on this planet, as a woman, I apologize for my existence, the space I take mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Uh, it's a way of approval. It's a way of saying that uh, my opinion is diminished and doesn't matter. So I'm sorry for even being there. And I need that kicked out of me a bit so uh and if that is where we're starting with this kid but i don't think that's where we're starting we just want to have better patterns in terms of behaviors that are uh, worthy of apology and behaviors that are just like behaviors right yeah like that's i'm like what's the question yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) what is she apologizing for yeah why is she saying sorry jamila you and i are both 
I notice on the show over apologizers. Like if we yes. make a, a um, say something wrong or have to go do a take back, both of us have a tendency to be like, oh, sorry. 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 Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely a woman thing, you know? Um, I don't think, but I don't think this is the worst problem, you know? Like when she says sorry unnecessarily, just remind her like, there's no need to be sorry. You know, I think she'll grow out of this. I think sorry is her word right now. You know, like she's very little. Like, I don't think that this literally means that she's taking deep personal responsibility for, you know, everything that happens. (laughs) You know, I don't necessarily think it's taking a toll on her self-esteem yet. But just remind her like, hey, you didn't do anything to be sorry for. Or or ask her, why are you saying sorry? Yeah. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? Also, I'm assuming it's modeled because where would she have heard it from uh, to model it? Because my son currently says to me, and it's like you hear your own voice, right? He'll go, Mom, relax. And I'm like, don't say that to me. (laughs) But it's because we have said to him, Lucas, relax, you know, when he is uh, excited, Mm. overexcited or having expressing big emotions, as we say. So you hear it back and you're like, yeah, we should pick different words. I was really struck because uh, if you're like you, I am working on getting the the three little children in my house to apologize for things. And so I was struck by like, is this somehow, have we somehow already wired like a four-year-old little girl to say she's sorry and I can't get my 11-year-old to like <laughs> do the apologizing, you know, for any for anything. It's like he has an answer for anything shy of like a major hurt. He has identified that like if he breaks something or if he like bumps into me or bumps it, you know, like there's a hurt that there's an apology. But in those cases, it's like the apology what not enough. There's like a very small zone where like one apology is okay, you know, just like an I'm sorry, which is like you've done something, but it's very minor and you recognize that you were to blame, but it was, it was kind of a nothing, right? Like that is the only time that just like, ooh, sorry, is like appropriate. Um, But I was thinking about like other, just trying to increase, four is a good age to being like increasing vocabulary. So you might have the opportunity to be like, sorry are for these things. And then you can also maybe teach like when sorry is not enough. So like on these big things, we now need actions or we need to make it right. Um, And in these other instances, like is excuse me better? Like I have Mm. found that a lot of times um, either it's like a verbal tick almost that like, ooh, I've I've messed up and I'm like apologizing that I made a mistake even though it's okay. Like that should be human. And so one, could I have just not said anything at all? Like could I have just taken a moment and been like, ooh, I don't need to apologize? Or two, would something like, ooh, excuse me. Because um, I tend to use it to be like, I'm bothering someone. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. ooh, sorry, can I, can I have your help or can I do this but it's like I shouldn't have to say I'm sorry and so what is the better word like I'm not sorry but I I am I want to like recognize somehow that that I I am pulling you away from what you're doing to do something for me yeah try this hey that should work (laughs) 
But I think, you know, just listening and, you know, kind of combining what Jamila said with what you said, maybe the advice for this person is to try to almost get the daughter to finish her sentence. I know that's like Mm. the daughter's four, it's very young, but it would be like, all right, sorry, and then extend the sentence. Because that might be a key into understanding where it's coming from. Like, sorry for knocking over my bowl versus sorry for, I don't know, like, sorry that I bumped into you or or sorry that I want you to play with me. Yeah. And I wonder, too, if it's like I've known kids and I suspect that I was one of these children that like a correction given was also met with a sorry as, as <laughs> if I should have been perfect, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to make this change or I'm checking your homework or what, I don't know, four-year-old like, oh, you colored this the wrong color, like these learning moments. I wonder if those are where she's also saying like, ooh, sorry. And it's like, well, no, your job as a child is to make these mistakes. And my right. job as the adult is to help you understand either that you made a mistake and this is how we do it in the future or understand why you made this choice that was different than my choice. And we don't need to be sorry for that. Like that, that's, it's perfectly okay. Cause I do feel like we sort of set ourselves up by, by using sorry and then accepting the sorry that we were somehow supposed to walk through this world without, without ever, um, being wrong. Right. Right. And it's, it's mm-hmm. almost the flip side of what I see with my, my boys are like, well, no, you should be sorry because I. this is why I acted that way. Like, how could you not have seen that this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like we need a middle ground where we're like, oh, we're all allowed to make these mistakes. Yeah, and, and also, right, there's like, whose fault is it? My son's really into that. Like, if, if something happens, he'll say, you know, well, this person made me do it or you made me do it, right? And so then it's like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about. We've got to focus on the action and, and link that to what happened. It doesn't matter all of the backstory, but I'm happy you're telling me this. But so that, and that to me speaks to his self-esteem because he's just so worried about getting in trouble or doesn't want agency because he doesn't want to have to deal with yeah. it. Which maybe we're talking about that also with mm. this um, young kid about is the sorry affecting how they feel about themselves? Right. Which that's that's, that's what we want to um, make sure that they have self esteem and they feel like they belong and they matter and what their actions are are you know uh, appropriate and they don't have to feel that they yeah don't belong or are wrong all the time. Jamila is is Naima. Does she apologize or she is? above this. You know, uh, Naima's pretty good at apologizing when she's done something wrong, but there's also a lot of sorry, sorry, mm-hmm. you know, oh. like, sorry, oh, it drives Pre-teen me crazy. Preteen attitude, sorry. You know, like when I point out something that she's done or like, Naima, there's, you know, little bits of toilet paper all over the floor. Sorry, you know, like. Right. As she walks in the opposite direction. As she walks in the opposite direction. <laughs> Taking a photo of it for Instagram. Right. (laughs) My mom's about to clean this up for me. Your intonation was perfect. As soon as you said it, I knew exactly the attitude behind it. It was just that, like, it's that exact tone. These kids, guys. (laughs) These kids. They're impossible. You know what? I'm not sorry either. Okay? (laughs) We're not sorry. That you wrote in, no, 
Well, <laughs> well, sorry, I'm not sorry. Seriously, thanks for writing in. I, I love that she's noticed it already at four because so, so often these are things that I think with intention, right, we can like almost that that's enough to, to fix it, just like bringing attention to it. And I think uh, when my kids were four, I was so in the weeds, like, did I even notice these things? So I, I think this is a wonderful question and something for you to to try some of these things. Please let us know. Did we make it worse? Sometimes we do. <laughs> Sometimes we make it worse. Uh, but we hope we made it better. But let us know. Also, listeners, if you have thoughts on this, write in. We want to hear what you're doing. Are your kids saying one of these many sorries? And as always, if you have a question of your own or a topic you'd like us to cover, please reach out. You can email us at slate.com or give us a call 646-357-9318. Seriously, we need your questions. So please send those in. And that's our show. Subscribe and leave a rating and review. And of course, tell your friends. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Jamila Lemieux and Ophira Eisenberg, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. Thanks for listening. <laughs>